Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Tuesday, September 22nd. S&P futures are trading about unchanged. They've been hovering around the unchanged line uh, approximately for the last couple of hours. NASDAQ futures had been about flat earlier. They've since bounced a little bit into the green. They're up about 30 to 40 points. That's about 35 basis points. Europe's major indices are tentatively rebounding. They're up about 50 to 60 basis points. Asia finished in the red pretty much across the board, and Japan was closed again. So there's no real major news to go over this morning. Uh, Probably the most important headline from the U.S. close yesterday was um, out of the U.K., where you know, again, that country has been suffering with the spike in COVID cases. There's been a lot of anxiety and concern in the market about the government adopting incremental lockdown measures. They are adopting some of those measures. But again, politicians throughout Europe, as well as the US, um, are clearly not returning to the types of wholesale lockdown restrictions that you saw in March and April. They're being much more surgical this time around. So in the UK, they are announcing some restrictions around um, bars and restaurants in terms of early closing hours. And then they're encouraging everyone who can work from home without materially disrupting business to work from home. Um, So again, I don't think that's nearly as draconian as feared. Certainly not positive. You Clearly, this pandemic is is remains an overhang on sentiment. Um, but again, I think I think importantly, um, you're not seeing those types of complete shutdowns of the economy that you saw in March and April. And I think, therefore, the read across to growth and earnings implications is, is certainly not going to be as severe as it was before. Um, that's kind of as far as major macro themes are concerned. That's pretty much it. Just running through the other kind of categories of news, U.S. fiscal policy. Um, as far as stimulus is concerned, again, I think the odds of anything occurring before the election are completely nil. That's largely the consensus already, so that really should not be um, an incremental negative for the market. The odds of something happening after the election, I think, are, are decently high. However, um, you know there is kind of this budget that is going to create some complications. So current budget funding, um, funding for the government runs out on September 31st. Congress is attempting to pass a short-term budget at the moment. This is taking longer than hoped. It was supposed to be resolved last week. The Democrats put out a their proposal um, yesterday. It's encountering some resistance from Republicans. So there are a couple of articles today just warning about a shutdown risk um, in the coming weeks. I think that's very, very unlikely. I don't think you need to worry about a shutdown at this point in time. I think neither party wants to go have a shutdown battle ahead of the election when you have so many other issues on their plate. Um, I do think, though, that the shutdown... Uh, a shutdown in December, the risks of that are, are relatively high and probably rising as we speak. So this short-term budget looks like it will fund the government until December 11th, um, at which point in time you will have, I think, a shutdown risk um, ar- around that around that time. So shutdown risk now, I think, is minimal, but you certainly this will be part of the conversation later in the year. Um, so that is fiscal policy. Uh, and monetary policy, Powell put out the text of his testimony today very similar to what he said uh, last week at the press conference. I don't think anyone should be expecting any fireworks when Powell Mnuchin speak to Congress. Remember, Powell Mnuchin speak today and Thursday, and then Powell will be speaking by himself on Wednesday. So there's going to be a lot of testimony, a lot of headlines. 
Um, you know, remember, everyone in Washington is in favor of more fiscal stimulus. It's just a question of, um, you know, agreeing on the scope and and the scale of that stimulus. So remember, the two major principles are um, McConnell and Pelosi, not the White House. You still have a huge gap between those two. Um, and obviously, the, the Supreme Court battle is going to complicate um, the politics of everything. So um, again, I don't think, you know, I think you're going to see encouraging, hopeful words from Powell Mnuchin, but, you know, you're not going to see any, I think, real major incremental developments as far as stimulus is concerned. On the political front, no major polls out. You know, it's still pretty similar to, to what we've been talking about now for weeks. Um, Biden up high single digits nationally. He's up about three to four points within the battlegrounds in aggregate. Some are wider, some are tighter. Um, in terms of the, you know, Supreme Court battle, you know, I think it's nearly guaranteed that whoever Trump nominates will get to the Supreme Court. The question is whether or not the vote happens before or after the election. I think it will happen after the election. I think politically it's in Trump's interest for it to happen after the election. Um, he says that he will name his his nominee either Friday or Saturday. Um, and then you're going to see that whole process kick off after that. The next real big political catalyst, though, will be the debate coming up uh, next week, Tuesday on the 29th. This is in my opinion, the single most important event since the conventions, as far as a campaign, or probably the single most important event, absent some type of um, you know outside surprise um, for the entire election. Because keep in mind that a lot of voting is already starting, and more will start to occur over the coming weeks. So I think that debate will be pretty seminal in terms of um, you know making up whoever is still undivided, making up their minds um, on the election. Um, I still think that you're heading, you know, Biden is still the front runner. I think if the election were held today, he would win. Um, you know, the House looks safely in Democratic hands. And then the Senate, um, that is the biggest wild card. That's the biggest area of uncertainty. It looks like the Republicans will lose a couple of seats, um, but it's not necessarily clear that they will surrender their majority. Uh, on the COVID front, I already went through that in terms of, um, you know, the the lockdown worries and, um, you know, the case trajectory uh, cases in Europe, again, continue to climb. You are seeing in the U.S. the numbers inch a little bit higher as well. But again, I think markets are more sensitive to the lockdowns than they are the, the case figures. Um, nothing new to talk about as far as vaccines are concerned. Um, that narrative and all the timelines are in that are relatively consistent. Um, and just on TikTok Oracle, you know, the, the headlines are, are just completely absurd at this point as far as the enormous amounts of contradictions. Um I don't think people need to spend a lot of time, honestly, trying to dive down that rabbit hole and try and reconcile everything. It looks like the White House is searching for an exit ramp from this entire battle. Um, you can see that clearly by just how far from um, the original demands Trump was making this kind of final Oracle deal looks. So I would imagine that you're going to see this deal get consummated. Um, you know, I whether or not that happens by Monday remains, uh, it's not clear. Remember, there a judge on Sunday issued an injunction that will prevent those apps from getting removed from the app stores anyway. So um, I don't think people should be spending a ton of time, um, again, trying you know trying to reconcile all the Oracle headlines. It's just really um, you know a, a waste of energy at this point. And that is essentially it in terms of major news. There's really not a lot of company-specific headlines to go through. Um, the calendar for today should be pretty quiet. Again, you have Mnuchin Powell testimony couple of other Fed speakers, a couple of earnings. Nike after the close is the big one. The Tesla battery day is after the close. Um, Musk was on Twitter last night tempering some of the expectations. Again, this Tesla is going to be talking about how over time they want to um, gradually move towards utilizing their own battery technology. 
Um, and, you know, I think Musk will frame that as simply an issue of capacity whereby they plan on making so many cars that their outside suppliers will not be able to meet that demand. And therefore, they uh, intend to bring some of it in-house. Um, on Twitter last time, he just talked about how this is a longer-term goal. So people shouldn't be expecting any type of necessarily imminent um, battery breakthroughs from that company. That will be after the close. Um, I put out on my latest thoughts on the market. Um, and then I put out a new macro piece yesterday, just mapping out all the major catalysts, along with predictions for those catalysts for the rest of this year that was up on the website. Um, you know, just quickly looking at, at the near-term market, you know, yesterday, especially in the afternoon, it kind of people were brushed off the summer playbook of just completely shunning all cyclical stocks and then kind of rotating aggressively back into tech. Um, you know, I think that latter part of the trade um, I would be definitely skeptical of, of kind of rushing right back into tech for a couple of reasons. A, you know, th- while tech is off its highs, it still is well above the lows from earlier in the year. Um, it's still very crowded. Tech is still very expensive. So it's not like tech has really suffered an enormous pullback by any means. Also, it's not surprising any longer that tech is going to be a major beneficiary of the pandemic. Um, you know, I certainly think back in March and April, there were a lot of doubts about which companies would benefit, if anyone at all. Um, and we've seen now throughout the uh, most recent earnings re- season and then also from company presentations that there are certainly companies that are benefiting enormously from the pandemic. Um, and so it's no longer a surprise or, or a shock to anyone that tech is going to be helped. And also, I think tech was helped, especially by the fact that you saw, again, wholesale lockdowns in March and April. I think the fact you're going to avoid those types of restrictions this time around means that tech is really not going to benefit to the extent it did before, where entire portions of the economy were completely shuttered, um, leaving only a few options, most of them digital, um, that could thrive in that environment. I think going forward, again, you're going to see a, much more of the economy um, stay functioning and and uh, and operating. And that's not going to make for as much benefit for tech. So that is everything for today. Again, there's a lot more in the piece this morning, so check everything out on the website. And thank you for listening.